it's just me. I'm weird like that. I'm weird like that, bro. Like the party. Like the party. Homeboy. We came to party. Ooh, that's a fucked up looking car. Ooh. <laughs> yes, I'm coming to you from downtown Rocky Mount. Oh boy. Where everything is a fucked up looking car. That one had been in an accident and it was beat to spoop. <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh no. shapoopy. 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 That's oh. right, folks. This week this week's opening is just the incessant ramblings of a man who needs some sleep. Hey. That makes two of us. <laughs> So let's get started. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to Hi. episode 495. <laughs> Welcome to episode 495. All of the Fair podcast. I'm Edward Green. Joined as always by Colin Cram West Bradshaw. And uh yeah, we have Premier League to discuss. Uh we have the continuously evolving situation in Germany that we'll get to in news and notes. Uh yeah, we'll have yeah. <sighs> We're close. We're so close. Uh, well, we'll talk Champions League. Uh, we're done with the first legs for everybody now. So we'll recap that. Uh, we'll hit the news and notes, uh, as I mentioned, and do uh, Pimp the Athletic, do the watch for and call it a pod. Um, so let's get right into it. Uh, big week uh, and big midweek, as it were. Excuse me. In the Premier League, uh, we start on Saturday where uh, Brentford fell to Liverpool 4-1. Uh, Darwin Nunez and uh, got the, uh, scoring started in the first half for Liverpool, and then three second-half goals sealed the deal, even when Ivan Toney uh, scored in the 75th to make it 3-1. It wasn't nearly <laughs> enough. Yes. That's what I bet for Ivan Toney. <laughs> He's never living that down. He's never, no. ever living that down. Um, elsewhere, uh, holding sort of serve, uh, Arsenal destroys Burnley 5-0 as uh, Burnley look like they're heading back to the championship. Uh, Saga with a uh, a brace with a penalty and then another goal just after the half, uh, sorry, the halftime mark. Uh, Trussard and Havertz adding goals in the second half. And unfortunately for Arsenal, uh, that would be the extent of their goal scoring this week. Um, Fulham uh, falls to Aston Villa 2-1. Uh, Ollie Watkins' brace was enough for Villa to stop their slide as they beat uh, Fulham at Craven Cottage and Villa stay in that top four race. Uh, Newcastle and Bournemouth draw 2-2. Uh, back and forth affair there. Um, Bournemouth losing a one-goal lead twice in this match uh, with Matt Ritchie providing the exclamation point in the 92nd minute for Newcastle as they pick up another very important point as they try to salvage their season. Uh, nine and four, speaking of salvaging seasons, uh, big, big win against West Ham, who are quickly falling apart in this one. Uh, Calvin Phillips, who uh, not not a good January transfer so far, not not super great. His his best moment was when Pep apologized this week for calling him fat. Um, that was that was pretty much as good as his week got. 
Uh, but Forrest, big, big three points for them as they try to push a little bit of separation between them and the drop zone. Unless, of course, they get a big 10-point penalty. We'll, we'll see if that comes to fruition later on down the line. Um, Spurs fall to Wolves 2-1. Uh, Gomes with a brace in this one. Uh, he was all over the pitch um, and was able to score the winner in the 63rd minute. Uh, to cancel out Dejan Kulishevsky's, uh just after the halftime restart equalizer uh, as Tottenham fall back into fifth place in the race for the Champions League spots. Um, and then in the match of the week, probably, uh, City and Chelsea draw 1-1. Chelsea all of a sudden have, uh, have found a vein of form here and uh, this time get a draw with City. Uh, Sterling, he's still alive and he scored in this one. Um, and despite City controlling much of the match, it wasn't until the 83rd minute when Rodri was able to get City on the board and salvage a point and stay in the title race. Uh, again, mm-hmm. so close right now uh, with everybody very uh, tight together in that top three spots. Um, so City do do drop some points there. Um, despite again having 31 shots. Uh, only able to get one in. Um, elsewhere, Brighton pounded Sheffield 5-0. Um, red card in this match early on for Mason Holgate. And after that, uh, it was just nothing doing for Sheffield. Brighton ran rampant. And uh, and yeah, just, just showed why Sheffield is one of the bottom teams in the league. Um, Luton, fall. They, they got one back against United after going down early 2-0 uh, thanks to uh, Rasmus Williams' uh, seven-minute brace in this one. Uh, Luton have been a lot of early goals this season. This one, one of the earliest. Um, but they did come back, and they had some chances to equalize late, uh, but has been kind of the story of their season. Close, but not close enough for Luton. So again, fall 2-1. Um, Everton draws Palace on Monday. Uh, that was a 1-1 result uh, with new Crystal Palace manager Oliver Glasner in attendance. Um, we'll get to that in the news and notes. But, uh, you know, important match for both these teams, both trying to uh, to have this scrap in the relegation battle. Points not super great for either one, but certainly better than a loss for both of them as a, as a loss at this point of the season is always damaging. And then uh, City needed 71 minutes and then another early Nolan outburst. But he finally got his goal in the 71st minute against Brentford uh, to get the 1-0 victory there uh, and get their big three points in their midweek makeup match. So that was uh, City's match in hand right there. They, get, they do get the win there. Uh, and then today, Liverpool beats Luton 4-1. Uh, Falling behind early throw, Ogbeni's goal in the 12th minute. His header was the difference going into halftime. And then Liverpool came out and was able to, in the words of Jurgen Klopp, it was just like that Barcelona tie. It was it was just like Barcelona in the Champions League. Luton, Barcelona, uh-huh. eh, pretty much the same thing. Um, Ross Barkley they, played uh, the messy role. That's true. <laughs> They're basically the same player at this point. Uh, but Liverpool do come out four goals strong in the second half and are able to get into what became a comfortable 4-1 victory. So that was the weekend change that was, Wes. Uh, what caught your eye in what is shaping up to potentially be 
a dramatic Premier League finish as we hit the final third of the season. Ooh, drama. Drama. You know we love it, Ed. We do. Um, I mean, of course, the, the two Liverpool uh, wins, uh, both 4-1. Um, both a, a little different. A little different. Um, of course, you know, uh, Barcelona, the sequel, happening <laughs> on Wednesday, of course. Um, the big story for Liverpool, uh, even with the two victories right now, that injury list. A mm-hmm. uh, couple of that with um, on Sunday, basically being the run into the season. Ninety. Okay, so from Sunday, a potential ninety-nine days remaining in Liverpool's, in basically the reign of Jurgen Klopp. That's mm-hmm. if they go all the way to the FA Cup final, 99 days of football, and Liverpool could play a maximum of 26 matches. <laughs> um, basically, Liverpool are prepared to play two matches a week um, for the rest of the season. Uh, the only break, once, and once again, this is, uh, this is with... Uh, continually uh, advancing in the FA mm-hmm. Cup and in the Europa League. Of course, right. this Sunday, the Carabao Cup, the important one, uh, it comes that that campaign comes to an end because it's either win or lose. <laughs> uh, so it's over. I mean, that's over one way or the other. So, you know, thank God. <laughs> Ho- hopefully, I know we'll speak on that in a moment. Hopefully, for the Reds, they come out with a win. Um, but either way, there there's no more Carabao Cup after this week. So. <laughs> Yeah, that one's on the table at least. Uh, but you know, if they continue to win in Europa, if they continue to win in um, in in the FA Cup, this bad boy could go all the way through the end of May. Um, with the only midweek, the only midweeks open is the next international break. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not like anybody will call up any Liverpool players for the international break. Right? Oh, can't imagine why. <sighs> Jesus Christ, help me. Hell, at this point, at this point, half of them are dead. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, I, I, think, I, I think I saw something that said, uh, said um, Klopp needs to call Fergie and try to figure out how to get all his guys disqualified from uh, international <laughs> <laughs> And I think somebody said um, they need to just shut down John Lennon Airport. <laughs> No. Either way, though, it's a it's a big running for Liverpool. Uh, when you when you kind of look at the comparison's sake, um, for City, uh, I saw this earlier. Now this twenty six and ninety nine. Once again, we're already a few days into this, so now they're down to like twenty five and ninety six. I guess I think City could play a total of twenty three. Now, someone like you look at Tottenham Hotspur, Tottenham only have 14 matches left. Yep. Um, it's it's just Premier League for Tottenham. So, uh, and this is just Tottenham as an example um, with nothing, no, no other competitions to worry with. They are headlong only about the Premier League right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Liverpool, Arsenal, City, Aston Villa, um, I believe United is still in the FA Cup, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. I yes. remember his name. Uh, so everybody, all, all of all of Tottenham's uh, rivals around them 
all have additional um, responsibilities. Uh, but Liverpool, um, of course, do have the most, mostly because they have the Carabao Cup. Um, when you look at the injury sheet right now, uh, really tough one they picked up on Saturday. Diogo Jota is going to be out for no specified amount of time, but the word is a couple of months. Boy, that's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jota out for a couple of months. Allison, her hamstring turned a little worse than we originally thought. It's the for the moment. Uh, Trent Alexander Arnold not back yet. Sabas lie out. Uh, Nunez and Sala, neither of them played uh, against Luton Town. Um, for a half, it was like, oh shit. But then Liverpool able to turn on the second half and get the win. Uh, hopefully, at least one, if not both of them, are going to be back for the Carabao Cup final on Sunday. And if not both back, both should be back, barring any uh, any further um, back steps. Both should be back for the Nottingham Forest game, uh, for the for the Nottingham Forest match, which is the next Premier League match. <sighs> so Liverpool are just kind of in this. They're they're at this stage where they're having to play high intensity football because everybody's coming and gunning for them. But they don't have a full deck of cards. Uh, Curtis mm-hmm. Jones is out for an extended time. That sucks because you know, he was playing some of the best football of his career. Uh, Saba's last still to come back from uh, from sickness. Uh, hopefully he'll be back sooner than later. But as Pop says, there is uh, no room for excuses. Uh, we just go out and play. Um, read between the lines. We only make excuses when VAR fucks us over. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to miss that man so much. Um, so, uh, that's, that's Liverpool. Um, the, the one right now that brings the most, I mean, all joking aside from the greatness of the Caramel Cup. Um, the Premier League, Liverpool, they the two, four, one on the way on a top uh, a big important result for them city drawing over the weekend mm-hmm. um you know city with the match in hand um they basically had a one point lead with match in hand that is gone now uh liverpool mm-hmm. are back in the driver's seat of the premier league um yeah totally Totally going to be theirs, theirs to win it. Mm-hmm. And of course, that big match in March is with on the horizon. Oh yeah, um, plenty of, uh, on top of it. Um, but at the moment, uh, Liverpool are back in control of the league. At work, um, they pushing. Um, just have not been at their best recently. Uh, until until they got that one nil win on Tuesday, City it hasn't so been scoring. Which uh, early on hasn't really had his shooting boots on 
of recent. Mm-mm. But the bigger thing has been City have been shipping some goals, which is mm-hmm. not very city like. That's not the city last year. Um John Stone's injury has played a big part into that. He's able to play, but he's not exactly able to play the way he was a year ago when he was maybe the most indispensable player in that city lineup, which is absolutely crazy to say out loud. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But we watched it. But we watched it. So, you know, uh, and he's he's not the same this year. He's been slowed down with the injury. So that just uh, that coupled with I don't think De Bruyne has quite been back to his best since he came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, couple all that together, City have been good, but not quite as great, maybe, as we saw a season ago. Um, that said, boy, we are we are really, really trying to get deep in the weeds as... City are still probably the favorites to win another treble this season. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not as good. They, they might middle again. Shit. Um, so we'll have to see if City are able to adjust. Um, some health back. Rodri has been a monster for them this season. Uh, as usual, he's he's he has quietly been the best player on that team now for a few years, and as it's kind of a feeling that as long as he can keep going, um, City are going to be your favorites. But but dropping that mat, drop those points, you know, it's 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 just crazy to think of what the Premier League has come now, where. I mean, used to you used to have league winners. It's like, man, if we can get eighty points this year, we're going to win the league. And now it's mm-hmm. like eighty points. Jesus Christ, do you even want to go to Europe? Yeah. <laughs> um, so you just, especially when it comes to Liverpool and City, there's almost this feeling that you have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And any sign of dropping points or not holding the line and getting it done, match in and match out, feels like, oh, shit, the world's falling in on top of us. So both those squads are dealing with pressure. And the thing is, with both of them, they've been here before, for the most part. So you're not dealing with a bunch of novices who have no idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So... I expect them both as long as long as the health will hold. You know, we just got through talking about Liverpool's extensive injury list. I just I think there are some key guys that if they can remain healthy, Liverpool will be okay to the point of staying in all these races. And you're talking you're basically talking um uh uh Van Dyke, Kanate. Uh, Mo Salah going forward, I think. If those guys can stay healthy, Liverpool have a chance. Um, they just have to be able to work everybody around those. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what we got there. Arsenal, um, Arsenal are just like continuing their onslaught of um, fucking people up at the moment. Uh, what did they what did they drop this week? Arsenal dropped a. Five. Five spot. Five spot on Burnley. 
They got five on it. <laughs> Jesus God. Um yeah, Arsenal are scoring for fun. Be kinda real. They're not exactly playing the most badass portion of their schedule right now. But I mean, who is anyone to talk shit? I mean, all you got, all you can do is go there and you know sweep away who's in front of you. Arsenal are doing that right now. Um is it it's not wrong of me to say that I'm a little hesitant with Arsenal just because no. of what we've seen the last few years. Absolutely, yeah. Um but you know, also you expect teams to evolve. Mm-hmm. And Arsenal seem like they are in their evolution. Um, you know, this is year three of Arteta having competitive sides. Let's so let's let's see with Arsenal. I, I'm still a little hesitant on Arsenal, but I'm becoming less hesitant by the day. How, how's that? How's yeah, that? that? I'm becoming sense. less hesitant by the day with Arsenal uh, because they're showing up, and right now they're doing exactly what they should be doing to these clubs that they're dropping the big number on. You should be dropping a five spot on Burnley if you're a legit title contender, uh, especially in February. This is this is where the bigger sides, that depth is going to start coming through. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets tough for the for the clubs that don't have the depth of the Liverpool City Arsenal's of the world, because you know now guys have twenty five. 30 matches under their under their belt and it's the grind is setting in now mm-hmm. um and th- and this is where this is where the big boys this is where the big boys make their money we'll put it that way this is where the big boys make their money is um is being able to go out and do it at this time of year power to arsenal they are doing it so Let's keep an eye how that goes forward. Um, Manchester United, I would say quietly playing some playing some rather good football, but as soon as United win a game or two, everybody starts screaming from the mountains. <laughs> oh, I told you they were coming around. Okay, okay, calm the hell down just a little bit, everybody. I mean, they beat Luton two to one in a match that Luton pushed them to the absolute edge in. Yep. Um, but that's a United are they they seem to be solidifying and doing more things right than they have been doing. How's that? Is that a pretty good way to put it? They're doing yeah, more sense. things right than they have been doing. Yeah. So they weren't doing a lot uh, of things right. No, you know, give them a little bit of that like incremental, hey, they're getting better. They're not champions of Europe. Obviously, they can't be because they finish last in their group stage. Um, they're not going to win the Premier League, but um, they are putting it out there that there's going to be a battle for that um, for that final Champions League spot. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, man, this season is turning out to um, – it's going to be something. I mean, right now in the middle of February, we've got a three-team race for the title. Name the last time that happened. The you can't, you can't. 
I I think ah. it's the uh, it's the uh, sorry the Gerard Liverpool slip season. I think it was that because it was Liverpool, Chelsea, and City, and that that's it. But was I'm asking was Chelsea even really up there? At that uh, at <laughs> this point, know. I think they uh, were. They may have been at this point. You're right. They may have been at this point. I was gonna say by the time it was over, it was pretty much down to Liverpool City, and that was yeah, the pre-Klopp yeah, yeah. Liverpool City. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, because even you look back at the Leicester year, that was a two-horse race. Yep. That was well, well, you know, at this point, that may have been about a three-horse race because Tottenham and Arsenal mm-hmm. were kind of in it. Mm-hmm. They were kind of in it. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just fun. So we're trying to think back like seven, eight years. That tells you everything. <laughs> yeah, so that tells I, you everything. I just looked it up. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, that that year, uh, City finished on eighty six. Liverpool finished on eighty four. Chelsea finished right. on eighty two. And okay, really, I mean, even Arsenal. Arsenal was at seventy nine. So yeah. while they weren't going to challenge for the top spot, they were still really close. Like that was a big clump together. Yeah. Um, yes. Back in the old days where, yeah. you know, you could win the league with less than 90 points. Those those <laughs> bygone days that I was talking <laughs> about. Right. <laughs> God, now we, we scoff at those days. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but, you know, not only that. So so right now we have a race for the top. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Liverpool and Arsenal do not play again. Um, City still has to play both of them. Mm-hmm. Just something to keep in mind. Just something to keep in mind. Um, I mean, it looks like now we got a real race for fourth. Uh, Tottenham, Villa, and, you know, uh, objects may appear closer, or objects <laughs> may be closer than they appear in the rearview mirror of uh, Eric Ten Hag and Manchester United. I mean, for whatever it's worth, I mean, I, I know, yeah. Ed, for you, my friend, I'd rather see your Spurs end up in that fourth spot. But man, I mean, hey, we've got a race. Yep. We got a race. And that's pretty freaking cool. That's pretty cool, man. And you know, guess what? Most of those teams still have to play each other. I know Liverpool still play all three of those teams. Mm-hmm. Um God, that I'm like, I am of every match that Liverpool has, if we can get by City, I'm dreading that fucking Spurs match in May. Oh yeah. Because that's the one that pretty much got us a year ago or, or two years ago. And that's what pretty much got us two years ago that kept us from winning the title. And when you look at it, you know, talking about that fixture congestion, you know, Spurs are going to be like, what's that, like 11 matches in at that point? I think Where so, Liverpool yeah. are going to be at like 21 matches. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe at that point. And it's May. And it's the run-in, and like it's going to be a mere fever pitch. And then here comes Spurs, who just and the only saving grace is thank God it's an Anfield, <laughs> because I don't like going to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Why don't <laughs> I like it? It doesn't have a name, Ed, and that just <laughs> bothers me so deeply. Um, no, because you know Tottenham. The the heretofore unnamed Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, it's kind of a house of horrors for the Liverpools and the cities of the world. Yeah. Um, 
it's a it's a it's a it's a tough stadium for them to go play in. Spurs fans really get up for those matches. And it's like as a Spurs fan, you're more worried about playing like Crystal Palace at home than you are City and Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> because for you know, for whatever reason, it's just one of those like Spurs get up really big for those big home matches. And then sometimes they find themselves like running a little flat for mm. the the lower in the league matches. So, yeah, that's a terrifying one. Thank God that's out of the way, even though, I mean, you know, the way it ended for Liverpool this year, we're, we're still not happy about it. As someone said, well, we could have 27 matches if we, uh, when we replay that Spurs match. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Stop. Stop it, people. Stop. Don't, don't mess with my emotions like that. Um, but... Yeah, I mean setting up it is it is as we're recording this, it is near the end of the day on February twenty-first here in the good old USA. It is uh February twenty-second in England. Um yeah, I mean let me, let me let me pop that calendar up real quick. I think we're literally right now looking at looking at like three months left of this season. Uh we are right on that three month line. Uh yeah, the yeah, FA probably. Cup finals the twenty-fifth. Of May. Yep. So, yeah, we are, we're basically three months from everything being over right now. Um, nothing is settled. Everything is to play for. Uh, whatever happens this year, I love the fact that at this point, no one has run away with this league yet, mm-hmm. unless it had been Liverpool, at which point I've been thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no one's run away with the league. It just, it feels like a really important season in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. It just, it feels like, it feels like we're seeing, obviously with Liverpool, we're kind of seeing the, the, the twilight of an era. Um, you know, it'd it be, you know, got to see what happens next, obviously. But right now, like I said, we're seeing, we're seeing the end of the Klopp era. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I firmly believe that the Pep Guardiola era has less time left than more time. Oh, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I honestly, my honest opinion is I think Pep is going to manage another season and realize that like without Jurgen Klopp, he's like Batman without the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we're going to look back one day at the, at the Premier League and be like, man, what a time to be alive. We had we had Batman and the Joker, whichever way you want to look at it. Yeah. Um, and they went to battle every year for nearly a decade, and now they're both gone, and who the hell's left? Um, but, you know, so I think we could be seeing the beginning of the waning of this city project at this time. Um, United are still, uh, as, as I saw somebody put earlier, United are going into year 12 of the three year rebuild. <laughs> yeah. You know, Spurs seem to have really found something in Ansball. Um, Aston Villa are back up among the contending group. Arsenal, <laughs> sorry, I hate to say this. Yeah. Arsenal seem like they are poised to be the next team to step up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a crazy time right now in the premier league. Um, 
And I just, I think we're getting ready to see some big changes coming. And as a Liverpool fan, all I can say, guys, if it's like 90 days left, we better enjoy the hell out of it. <laughs> not, not saying, you know, if we bring in Jabby Alonso, we might not be able to keep the good times rolling. But once again, man, once Klopp's gone, it ain't never going to be the same. It'll never be the same as it was with Jurgen Klopp. Um, same with City and Pep Guardiola. You know, mm-hmm. we saw City before Pep. I mean, they were obviously good enough to win the league. Yep. They were always a powerful side. But man, Pep Guardiola took them to the next level. Mm-hmm. Jurgen Klopp's taken Liverpool to a level unseen since the glory days. Um is is that little jackass in Arsenal <laughs> taking them to a spot they haven't been in a long time? Uh, is Ange taking uh, taking Spurs to maybe back to the heights of um, uh, 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 Jesus Pochettino? I suddenly blanked on Pacha's name of all people. Um, I mean, we're we're going there, man. Oh, and don't forget, Chelsea's still out there dropping a billion. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I kind of almost sort of forgot about Arsenal for a second there, or Chelsea for a second there. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. See, I forgot about them so much, I still didn't call them the right damn name, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, they are still out there. They got a lot of money, and they like they to spend it. They like to spend it. So <laughs> I see where it's going, man. But, um, yeah, folks, I don't know. I'm just saying right here, three. we're basically the three-month remaining mark. It is time for the run-in. Drap up and enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a wild one. Um, one thing I also wanted to point out, uh, just as I was looking at that that 2013-14 season, uh, where we had the three-horse race, um, the the last place team in that that uh, year was Cardiff. They had 30 points. Fulham and Norwich got relegated with 32 and 33 respectively. Like we normally think like, oh yeah, 32. Yeah. You're 33. You're safe. And it's like, no, like you, you, you were not safe. Like 30 points was not good enough this year. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know what the, the end result's going to be this year, but I mean, Sheffield and Burnley right now are at 13. Like I what don't was see they, yeah. 30. What was it? They always said 40, 40 was the goal for safety. Yeah. Yeah. If you got 40, you were going to stay up and, I still think to this point, if none, it's maybe been just one team that ever got relegated with 40 points. Mm-hmm. But man, I mean, nowadays, you don't have to you don't have to get 40 points. Nah. And, and part of it is because the top of the league has been it's been it's been City and Liverpool and Chelsea in those years. Um they have turned in seasons where they've taken so many points mm-hmm. that it's like there aren't those points out there to spread around. Mm-hmm. There's not the 10 draws that the champions are getting because the champions mm-hmm. aren't drawing 10 matches anymore. You know, <laughs> they're losing two and drawing five. Mm-hmm. And at that point, people are like ripping their hair out, you know? <laughs> So uh, it has definitely changed. It's changed oh, yeah. a lot, Ed, since you and I really got into the league. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, about say the last 15 years since you and I have really gotten into the league. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a, it is, it's almost a different sport, man. Yeah. We are, we are a long ways removed. Cause I remember the first year I started watching was the city miracle year. Um, okay. When they, when they pipped United at the end. Um, Aguero. And, you know, very much Aguero. I, I still remember that when I was like, oh, yay, good for City. Someone other than United won. Yay. That's awesome. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. So, I, I will remember that because I was so thrilled that United did not win the title. I was like, I was like, all right, good for City. I was like, this will never last. So, you know, this is not the beginning of an evil empire by any means. No, we weren't to know. Yeah, the the league has just completely changed at this point, and it's it's really become, I think, more and more a sort of have and have not league. I know it's always yeah sort of been that yeah. way, but it's even more pronounced yeah. now, I think, than when we started. So I mean, I mean, you always had like your big four. <laughs> Sometimes would be big five, but you know, like you said, it was like. Any any given day in the league, the big four, the big five could get caught and it would suck. But at the same time, you'd be like, all right, all right, just a bump in the road. OK, we're all right. We're all right now. It's like it's like, oh, God, we dropped points. to a mid table team ringing of hands. Should we fire the manager? Oh, God. Wow. Uh, you know, who do we need to who whose head needs to roll? Because you know, we went to Luton and drew one one. Well, I mean, we'll look at the table here, but I mean, if you think about it, Liverpool right now are sitting on two losses. They're first in the Premier League. They don't control their own destiny. If City wins out, City win the league. Like, that's. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? No, I think with the win today, we're bad to control our own destiny. No, because City had a match in hand and they trail by four. Right, so if City win their match in hand, they'd be down by one. Right. If it, but they, it, so if they win the match against Liverpool, they right, go right, 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 yeah. right, right. That's yes. what I mean. If they win out, that includes beating. Gotcha. Okay, Liverpool. gotcha. Then. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So that that's I what I mean then. by City are are still in control of their own destiny because only yes. because they do still get to play Liverpool. Um, yes. Yeah. That. But that's like, again, that's why every match matters so much. Because, again, Liverpool's on yeah. two losses. And if they just slip up, like, one time, that could be it. It's it's ri- ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous, the margins of this league now. Well, well um, and, of course, Liverpool, Liverpool have lost a league yeah. losing one match the whole season. That's right. I remember that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was the... Quadruple. That, that was the year they. Year? Or was that the year they went for the quadruple? <laughs> That's insane. Jesus Christ! All these, all these one point second place finishes. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just go together. But yeah, I mean, they they have literally lost one match in a year and somehow, somehow figure found a way to finish in second place. So. Yeah, uh, it is a it is it is a it has become a league of the tiniest of margins now. Let's see. Oh, oh no, it was this year. Uh, it was the 2018-2019 season. Liverpool lost one match 
yeah. at 97 points and finished one yeah. point behind Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just who lost four matches that year, by the way. Yeah. That was the year Liverpool were deciding they wanted to uh, draw everybody. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and that's why, you know, you go back and, you know, a lot of, a lot of, non-Liverpool fans are like, oh, y'all see, stop bitching about the Tottenham match and da-da-da, and it's like, but, but, but you don't understand. It's like, no, this is this is our PTSD. We've been here. We know what happens here. And, and that Tottenham match, you know, um, could be the difference. Now, I'm not saying they win that match, but if they draw that match, well, damn, there's a point. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. lost the league by a point. So, you know, margins man everything is so tight and you know at this point even as a Liverpool fan you're looking at this coming up and you're like shit we we need to win out yeah and it's like are are we fucking crazy do we really think we're gonna win like our next 14 straight matches and then you're looking at you're like shit we better figure out a way to if you (laughs) if you don't win out you gotta draw city yeah (laughs) so yeah, man. I mean, it is it is damn nail biting that you might score ninety, that you might get ninety five plus points, and you're like terrified that you're still gonna lose the damn league. So, oh man, oh, man. there you go. That's that's the uh, that's where we stand right now as we look at the table. Um, again, Liverpool are in first with sixty points. Um, everyone else uh, does have match in hand, though. City on fifty six, Arsenal on fifty five. They're kind of like the title clump then uh in the the champions league soup you have villa on 49 tottenham on 47 and united on 44 and then in like the last euro place soup you have brighton at 38 newcastle 37 and west ham at 36 Uh, and then chelsea and wolves right there behind them at 35 at the bottom of your heart the relegation zone it is everton right now by point or goal differential is outside at 20 points Luton also have 20 points and then Burnley and Sheffield United both on 13. Um, Do you want to note as we will be talking about Champions League here in a little bit, uh, the the extra spot last year will be go or sorry, next year for the Champions League will go to the top two teams in terms of coefficient this season. Currently, those two teams, those two leagues are Italy and germany um england though are are very very close to germany where if just like maybe one or even two teams go farther than the german teams england will probably overtake germany but nothing guaranteed yet um but just we'll be keeping an eye on that as uh as fifth place could be lazio's got something to say about this (laughs) <laughs> oh, ooh, Lazio! Do everybody a favor. Oh boy, oh boy. So there you go. We'll be we'll be keeping a strong eye on that. Uh, your schedule for this week. Um, there was going to be a Friday match that was going to be Chelsea versus Spurs. That will not be happening because Chelsea are in the League Cup final. Uh, so that will be rescheduled. Saturday is when things start. 10 a.m. Villa versus Forest, Brighton versus Everton, Palace versus Burnley, and United versus Fulham. At 12.30, Bournemouth hosts Manchester City, and at 3 p.m., it's Arsenal versus Newcastle. 
Uh, 8.30 a.m., the only game on Sunday is Wolves versus Sheffield United. And then on Monday night football on Peacock, uh, West Ham hosts Brentford at 3 p.m. No midweek matches next week, so just those on the weekend. Uh, Of course, as we mentioned, uh, at 10 a.m. on Sunday, a good old Wembley will be the League Cup final between Chelsea and Liverpool. Uh, these two teams met in both domestic cups uh, two years ago. Uh, both of them ended in nil-nil draws that went to penalties. Kind of hoping <laughs> we see maybe some goals in this one. Uh, we'll see again. Both I'm, sides have. I'm, a I'm just. Fair- I'm just got a feeling this is a little more wide, uh, wide open <laughs> for uh, Chelsea team than what we've seen in the past. True, um, and both sides do have a very extensive. Uh, list of injured players so we'll see what kind of lineups both teams are throwing out there um uh, as uh again these teams met just a few weeks ago in the league liverpool winning that one 4-1 um but of course we'll have to see how things go when they meet up um you know it's funny Wes, because at, at that point you know chelsea were in free fall you know we were talking about pochettino's job and they've they've sort of stabilized a little bit. Um, I I will be interested to see what kind of effort Chelsea puts out here on the weekend. Uh, I still think Liverpool should certainly be favored, but I am wondering just just with some of those injuries, if if Chelsea do maybe have a way back into this one. Uh, you know, we talked about earlier. There there is an extensive injury list. Uh, <laughs> Since these two teams played in January, um, Chelsea have looked better. Mm-hmm. Um, they have looked more of a threat going forward. Uh, they've looked a little more stable at the back. And once again, yeah, Liverpool are going to be without some of their big guns uh, come come Sunday. Uh, once again, we are praying that we'll have at least one of the two of either Nunez or Mohamed Salah. Both would be more than ideal, obviously. But God, just give me one of them, <laughs> and uh, and don't send me the penalties. Um, uh, Kelleher was already going to get the start anyway, so nothing changes with the Allison injury. Um, Trent who, you know, had that big game against Chelsea uh, in January. Trent not available, as we know. So Klopp doesn't have as many options as he's had, but still doesn't mean he can't put out a good team against Chelsea. And like you said, I just believe based on form for the season, Liverpool are the favorites going in, but... I am much more wary of Chelsea now than Chelsea in January. Yeah, I I can totally understand why. Um, we'll see if that that continues. Certainly, uh, we'll see. Uh, this will be um Poch's first Premier League trophy if he's able to get it. Uh, you know, first tro- first real trophy. We we don't we don't count any of those PSG trophies. This will be his first nah. real trophy if he's able to get it. So uh, we'll except for the uh, didn't didn't they have don't they have a Florida Cup under their uh, under their belts? Uh, that oh oh we also won the Audi Cup. Don't forget about the Audi That's Cup. Right. Which we won never in forget, Germany. Man. Just saying, damn right. Fam. Never forget. <laughs> never forget, fam. Never forget. 
Um, Harry Kane's still looking for his first trophy since it's been. <laughs> oh man, we'll talk. We'll talk about that in a moment. Um, first, though, um, we'll head to the Champions League, and for what it's worth, uh, what this this uh, round of sixteen has lacked, kind of in like initial uh, power fixtures. It is at least proven to be dramatic. Uh, of the eight, uh, only two really at this point, I think you could call probably over. Um, with all due respect to Real Sociedad and Copenhagen, um, PSG with their 2-0 lead uh, and City with their 3-1 lead, they're both probably going on. But the rest are all very tight and uh, it can certainly go either way. The results from this week, uh, Porto stunned Arsenal in the final moments of the game as Helano's uh, 94th minute goal gets Porto the victory. Uh, Arsenal not able to take one of their chances uh, and and do go back to London uh, down 1-0. Uh, in the, the battle of teams whose seasons are completely on fire, uh, fittingly, Napoli and Barcelona drew 1-1. Uh, Osiman for maybe the last time in Napoli scoring in the Champions League for them in the 75th minute to answer Lewandowski's maybe for the last time goal for Barcelona in the <laughs> 60th minute uh, we'll see we'll see how much money Barcelona has and how many levers they can pull uh, elsewhere on Tuesday uh, Marco Arnautovic turned out to be the uh, the scapegoat then the hero for Inter uh, as his 79th minute win was the decider in their first leg against Atletico mm-hmm. uh, and then Eindhoven and Dortmund played to a 1-1 draw uh, Eindhoven of course making a little bit of history this match uh, as at 1.3 Americans on the pitch that is a record for uh, one Ooh. Champions League match congrats to them for that uh, and uh, Frank De Jong uh, was able to uh, or sorry Luke De Jong a little name that De Jong here uh, was able to drive home his penalty to get the one-one draw against Dortmund. Um, so as that was, uh, that's what happened in the Champions League this week. Again, you know, a lot of matches with all to play for, and uh, we'll see how some of these teams, like Arsenal, uh, like Atletico, and like Bayern, deal in the next leg with a uh, excuse me being down one nil. I thought that inter match was really interesting. Arnautovic had a couple of really good uh, chances mm-hmm. to get it done and wasn't able to, but then able to get that winner late. Um, that that's really big, I think, for the confidence of uh, of Inter going forward. Um, they've got to go to the Wanda, where oh. I believe. <laughs> a home of the dark arts, but I believe only one loss at home this season in all competitions for uh, Atletico Madrid. So they are very good at the Wanda Metropolitano and uh, Inter are going to have to go out there and fight for their lives to come out of that. Um, Arsenal, you, you feel coming back home, Arsenal should have an advantage. Um, I'm I'm not worried for Arsenal yet. I'd like to be, but I'm not. <laughs> but man, oh boy, when 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 you want to start talking about what's going on in Germany right now, uh, that Lazio up one nil, and now the the news we get coming out of Germany this week and just the whole mood around that squad and mm-hmm. everything happening. 
that feel that just feels like it's becoming more and more of a mountain every day that that, that Bayern Munich have to figure out a way to climb. Oh yeah. So I don't I don't know how uh, positive I am for Bayern right now. Uh, we could be seeing the end of something. Um, and of course, if we want to go ahead and just talk about it for a moment, do, do you want to? Since we're here. Uh, yeah, sure. We can actually use that to transition into news and notes because that was going to be. Yeah, might as well. That, yeah, story. that's pretty much that's pretty much the end of my Champions League talk. I so did, might as well I go ahead and transition. One go thing ahead. really quickly. Uh, you had mentioned um, Atletico Madrid's home record this season. They do have mm-hmm. one loss on the season so far. That was mm-hmm. in the uh, that was about two weeks ago in the first leg of the semifinals of the Copa del Rey. They lost one nil uh-huh. at home to Athletic Bilbao. They still can pull it back, but so right. they haven't lost a a I guess a one off match. We can say that right. at home this year. Right. So there you go. Yeah. So very good. Yes. Uh, with that though, let's head into the news and notes. Uh, this one from the Athletic um, from Raphael Honingstein, uh, who's had a very busy week um, because we heard the rumblings. It was oh, this is you know they they lost. Uh, first to Leverkusen, then they lose to Lazio in the midweek, uh, and then they lost to Bochum. And if you're wondering who, yeah, that's that's fine. That's fine. You can do that. Uh, they lose 3-2 on the weekend to them. Um, that's three straight losses. Uh, Upa Meccano also got a red card in this one. Uh, so not, a good week for him. <laughs> not a good week for him. Um, but uh, yeah, so the reports came. Oh, Tuchel's in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Who could they be going after? We heard everyone from fucking uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to uh, Josie to Conte to uh, to Zinedine Zidane to mm-hmm. um, uh, Javi Alonso. We've heard a lot of names. And now today, this morning, uh, it was confirmed um that Thomas Tuchel and Bayern Munich will part ways at the end of the season. So no caretakers coming in, I guess, unless he, like, <laughs> I don't know, takes a shit in the locker room. I don't know. Um, but other than that, he takes a shit like, like on Thomas Tuchel yeah, or something. Yeah. Um, other than that, it looks like Tuchel will, will see out the rest of the season. Um, of course, not the season Bayern Munich hoping for, I believe off. If I remember correctly, they're down seven points right now to Leverkusen in the league. Uh, they cannot win their domestic cup. They are down one nil to Lazio, as we mentioned in right. the champions league. Um, this could be a trophy season for, for Bayern. And that's simply not acceptable for this club. Um, and this is, this is a spot they really haven't been in West since, you know, Jurgen Klopp was at Dortmund, uh, and, and winning, uh, titles there and able to really, really push Bayern. Um, so obviously this is big news. It's been confirmed now. Maybe that frees up Byron. Maybe they play a little looser with that knowledge. I don't think so. I think they're still going to play with incredibly tight sphincters for the rest of the season, knowing that you don't want to be the team that ends the title streak uh, for, for this club. Um, but this is, this is pretty crazy how fast this really snowballed out of control. Um, so I'm wondering just your thoughts on that. And then, Obviously, a lot of rumors of who could be the next coach, including someone who many people pegged as 
being kind of the next man up at Liverpool, now Xavi Alonso <laughs> might be pulled in a different direction here towards Bayern Munich as well. Um, yeah, you know, lo- lots of things going on around there. I want to start just talking about Thomas Tuchel for a second. Sure. You remember, you want to talk about a guy whose star was like just on the rise, who was going to be mm-hmm. the next great German manager, was going to be Thomas Tuchel, no doubt about it. Um, the mirroring of... Jurgen Klopp's career, you know, Tuchel uh, started at Mainz right after Klopp and then took over Dortmund after Klopp. And then it was just, oh, you know, Tuchel, no doubt about it. This guy's going to be a superstar. And that just has not been in the cards. Um, A couple of big jobs now, you know, I'm sorry. I think uh, with PSG at this point, we talked about we talked about this somewhat. With PSG, um, winning Ligue 1 is not successful for PSG. That's not a successful year. That's that's borderline like just to keep your head, you know. Yeah. So I guess you could say he he somewhat failed at PSG. That said, everybody fails at PSG. So. Mm-hmm. Take that for what it's worth with a grain of salt. Everybody does a PSG. Uh, Chelsea, you know, he had the Champions League run. Other than that, though, that was a very kind of a volatile time at Chelsea. I think we're, and, and now Bayern, this was supposed to be, you know, the, the next great German coach taking over Bayern, turning them back into a superpower, taking them off into the next decade. And it's not happened. The the star of Thomas Tuchel is fading. Um, he's not Jurgen Klopp. Just get that out of your heads, German fans and oh, yeah. pundits around the world. He ain't Jurgen Klopp. Um, there were similarities, but somebody evolved, somebody didn't. Um, and, and now here's here's Bayern looking uh, looking for a new manager. Um, host of big names out there. Do you go with kind of the older retread big names, the Conte, the uh, the Mourinho, you know, the guys who have kind of been a little bit of everywhere and they've done well enough wherever they've gone, but they bring controversy with them. Oh, yeah. That's the thing with Mourinho and Conte is they bring they bring the circus to town. <laughs> mm-hmm. is the way to do it and 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 they are the ringleader of the circus and you know they we said it when both of them went to Tottenham <laughs> we've said it before boy they burn bright but they burn fast mm-hmm. and it's like I, I, I really think when Tottenham got both of them when they brought both of them in the goal was okay we know this is not going to end well but man, let's see if they can get us a trophy. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was especially Mourinho's second run at Chelsea and Conte at Chelsea. I think that was the thing was, okay, let's get some trophies in the case before this blows up. And that's just what's happened everywhere. Those guys blow shit up because mm-hmm. their personalities are just boom. Um you look forward, you know, Zidane is just a guy who I, you cannot question the results that Zinedine Zidane has brought. 
man, I, I don't want to sound like I'm doubting the guy because I think Zidane's great. Um, but at the same time, Zidane has done it on a couple of occasions. He's done it with one club. Mm-hmm. And that was that was the best club in the world, basically. Yeah. With the best players in the world. <laughs> um, Zidane never had to build anything. Right. It was Zidane. So Zidane was given the keys. We, we talked about before. Zidane was given the keys to the Ferrari. And what did he do? Boy, he put it on the Autobahn. He floored it. And he looked like a fucking pro. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he, he did it exactly like it should be done when you get on the Autobahn with your Ferrari. Um, now, let's give him a, uh, you know, let's give him a Hyundai Sonata. <laughs> <laughs> And let's see suddenly if uh, if if he's out there burning everybody's ass on the Autobahn because okay, so that's my that's my that's my worry with Zidane. I'll say, excuse me. Um, and then of course Javi Alonso's name is out there. Um. Of course, uh, Alonzo's name has been um, has been all over the Liverpool job since Klopp um, made his uh, announcement that he's going to be stepping away. Um, for a while there, it seemed nailed on. It would be Xabi Alonso. It might still be Xabi Alonso. You know, at this time of the year, let's put it this way. With Leverkusen doing what they're doing, with Liverpool in the middle of what they're doing, no one is announcing this. Anytime soon. This is not being announced until the end of the season. Oh yeah. On either side. So everything we hear between now and then is just pure speculation. Because Javi Alonso, even if he's going to Bayern, they're not going to announce it because he's not trying to blow up Leverkusen right now. Right. So it is all just speculation. It's this week. It's I saw some random post on Facebook earlier. All sources say that Alonso is leaning toward Bayern over Liverpool. All oh, Liverpool fans, this is devastating for us. And of course, my it's always the African contingency. <laughs> they are losing their ever-loving minds. Um, telling Xavi Alonso to basically piss off, go dig a hole and bury yourself in. It's like, my God, guys, it's like it's like until Fabrizio Romano says it, I don't yeah. believe it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or until J until James Pierce is breaking the story, or you see Xavi Alonso doing the uh, doing the Kurt Lean, <laughs> I don't believe in any of it. So um Yeah. Uh, but Bayern are an intriguing job. It's a big job. Obviously, um, it's a very prestigious job. It's the best job in Germany. Um, it is it is basically PSG in Germany, but you actually have the infrastructure to go and win in Europe. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right now, I don't think Bayern are a quick fix away from being back among the European elite. I think one problem we're running into right now at Bayern is I think we have a weak German national team. Ooh, I mean, just look, at the, just, yeah. look at the, just look at the results. I mean, they yeah. suck. Um, and Bayern, when Bayern are at their best, 
you know, yes, they've got foreign players, obviously, but when they're at their best, it seems like half the German national team that is competing for honors are starting for Bayern. And that's just not the case right now. Um, you've got an aging Thomas Muller. Uh, you know, you've got uh, Joshua Kimmich, who we thought was going to take his place as being one of the best in the world. He hasn't quite panned out. He's had some injuries. Um, some of the young German guys have stalled under Tuchel. You, you remember last year at this time, it was uh, Jamal Musiala yeah. was this massive, oh, God, he's the next one. I think I've heard his name maybe three times this season. Um, they're horribly unsettled at the back. You've got Upakamano, yep. who the further and further it goes, it looks like Liverpool got the better of the um, RB Leipzig center backs. <laughs> When everybody's like, oh, God, we didn't get Upacamano. Oh, who's this Kanate uh, guy? It's like, yeah, we did okay on that deal. Um, Mateus DeLitt. Man, you remember when Mateus DeLitt was going to be like the next Beckenbauer? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and I kind of wonder if some of this is too cool and just everything going on. DeLitt can't get a look in hardly right now. Um. So I don't know. I think there's some real surgery that needs to be done with that squad. Um, I think there need to be some hard decisions at Bayern. I think they, they, they need to move some guys who are big names, but maybe just aren't right. I mean, Leroy Sané is a guy who maybe as talented as anyone in the world, but I think it's just time to throw the talent on that dude. He's a head case. Yeah. He's a head case and he's an asshole on top of it. He's yeah. both. He is a head case and an asshole. And all he does is just like cause issues. He causes issues in locker rooms. I mean, you know, looking back on it now, you know, yeah, Sadio Mane did not have the greatest yep. run at Bayern. Mm -hmm. This is what I was thinking. But shit, you know, I mean, Mane's done something in his career. Sane like rode the rode the um the the man city train for a while mm -hmm. and that's pretty much what he did to get his move his big move back to Bayern. i just i just think that's a club that obviously you have unlimited potential at Bayern munich but i think that's a club that needs to really sit back they need to find the right next manager it doesn't just need to be oh we've got to win the press conference mm -hmm. they've got to bring in the right guy They've got to give him a little bit of time and they've got to know that they have to fix that roster. And the thing is, I don't know if Byron is willing to do that. Yeah. Byron seems to have become, you know, the, the latest, oh no, you know, we, we can't not compete. They're kind of turning into what the Yankees have been for a long time. Mm -hmm. which yeah, is all we're trying to do is paper over the cracks because we refuse, we refuse to not be we refuse to not have our name in the favorites every year. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, it's not like where well, we're trying to be the best. It's like, we're trying to make sure that people say we're the best. Yeah. And that's just, that's where I see Bayern Munich right now. And I think, you know, Uli Hoonis and that group have done a phenomenal job for a long time at Bayern. 
I almost don't know if maybe that group doesn't need to step aside and Byron just needs to bring in new blood to that whole program. Mm-hmm. But I don't see Byron as just being a guy away. Uh, I see Byron as being an entire kind of changeover at this point. And that's crazy because they've had like one year not winning trophies. But I mean, we've, <laughs> we've seen at Byron that there has been a, um, there has been a, a, a dropping of tools almost is, is the way they put it in football. Well, and you know, that's, you know, I saw some people mention like, you know, oh, it's, you know, kind of, kind of funny that they moved on from Nagelsmann so quickly and went with Tuchel and now Tuchel just kind of failed as well. Um, and I think, you know, really, they probably should have lost the prim- or the Bundesliga last year. Like Dortmund. Absolutely. Sh- should have won it. Let's, let's just be real. Or Dortmund fucked it all. Oh, up. yeah. Dortmund um, shit their pants. Yes, absolutely. So this is this was a reckoning that that had been in the cards for a while and now it's it's almost kind of like what happened to barcelona like a few years ago where (laughs) the bottom just like completely fell out from underneath them that's kind of what i'm seeing here um you mentioned about the the national team like a lot of the those guys in the national team are here at bayern munich it's 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 a lot of those same guys and so yeah there's there's a There's a real, I think, need to push the, re- the 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 reset button, but like you said, because of their mindset, they they can't they can't just do a hard reset. Um, so I I don't know where Bayern go from here. Um, I mean they're they're in a league that is obviously as we saw last year very forgiving. I mean it's taken you know uh, Alonso and Leverkusen to literally not lose a match to extend a seven point lead. Um, yeah. So it's, it's very, very tough. There, there are still very, uh, there's still a lot of ways that Byron can jump back up in the league, but it, I think when, before they can become a full power again, when they were like, we're winning the Bundesliga and we're going to make a run at winning the, the champions league. Um, like we're, we're, we're a threat to win a treble every single year. Um, they're nowhere near that yet. Um, and I don't know when they can get back to there. Um, and, and I tell you what, we talk a lot about how getting that manager right is so important. You joked earlier, United is in year 12 of their three-year rebuild. Um, I I don't think, again, just because of the difference in leagues. Right. Bayern can't do something like that. Right. But it does stress, like, and I think they've seen now in multiple times how important getting the right guy in is. And I think there is going to be a lot of pressure on that board uh, to try and and get this one right. Because you think, too, I was thinking about this earlier today. Think about back in the summer, how um, how protracted the Harry Kane saga was and how much mm-hmm. effort they had to put in just to get him. And then, you know, we saw we saw in January with uh, Radu Dragason, who, mm-hmm. you know, Byron swooped in in the last minute and was like, yeah, you know, we're going to we're going to offer you all this money. Sure. Surely you'll come to Byron. And Dragason was like, no, I'm going to go to Tottenham. 
I think that's better for me. I'm just I'm gonna go to Spurs. Um, <laughs> and you know if if Alonzo either stays at Leverkusen or goes to Liverpool, mm-hmm. the psychic damage that I think this oh, yeah. could do to Bayern Munich, who is so used to just being like, I'm going to take you, and I'm going to take mm-hmm. you, and I'm going to take you. I think that could have big reverberations, though. I, I, I think Bayern is in for a very important summer and could be in a lot of trouble. And see, the thing with Bayern, it's like you said, that the way that league is set up, so we, we joke about United, but here is the big difference in United and Bayern is that, you know, Bayern, Bayern could go through a rebuild, and at worst, they're probably finishing second. If they really hit rock bottom, they'll finish third and uh-huh. still go to the Champions League. Yep. Where with United, it's like United didn't even have to fall off the map. And it's just that there's so many other competitive clubs in that league that yeah. it's like it's like I almost give United a little more leeway. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, shit, man, you, you see what happens when you lose it in the Premier League. When you lose it in the Premier League, buddy, you can fall fast. Bayern can do this rebuild while staying in Europe, while staying in the Champions League, while staying competing for the Bundesliga. They just got to understand and they've got to look at it as, okay, look, we're not putting all of our chips into the Champions League basket for a few years. You know, Mm -hmm. let's let's internally go and let's work and let's let's put together a vision between a sporting director and a manager let's give the manager a little leeway you know we can't just want to suddenly fire him because he loses to Bauckham in december mm-hmm. you know we we've got to understand that we may take a couple of steps back but by doing that we're not going to fall off the ledge mhm and also, you know, we're we're still not really going to fall that far domestically. Um, I think also part of it, like we said, you know, I think part of it, a lot of it does have to do, I think, with whatever the hell is going on with the German national team. Yeah. Um, you know, national teams are such an interesting thing to look at because it's like when when someone has a generation – we kind of get it in our heads like, okay, this is just the new normal. Mm-hmm. This is just how it's going to be forever. Um, but, you know, everybody has these ebbs and flows. People are like, well, Brazil does it. Yeah, hell they do. Brazil yeah. hasn't won a World Cup in quite a while now. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're, they're not hitting the lofty standards they want. And that was having these superstar teams still. Um. France, between the World Cups, I mean, France had their years where, you know, they had to come back to the pack a little bit. Um, This has happened in Germany before. Everybody remembers 2006 World Cup in Germany when Jurgen Klinsmann had that group. And that was the beginning of of what this run is now the end of. Mm -hmm. But, you know, before that, Germany had not been – Germany had been down for a little while. 
And with it, as they were coming to a close in the 90s, that's when Munich had their last big run. So, you know, part of it is you just have to kind of keep an eye on the German national team because when the German national team pops up, that's when you see Bayern pop up because they have a knack of getting a majority of those players that they want. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. I don't. I don't think there is not an easy fix for Bayern Munich because Bayern is never going to go out and just rely on foreign players. They're going to want a core of German players, and if the German players just aren't that good, I think it kind of stunts a little bit of what Bayern are able to do. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. So. We'll see. Yeah, I think yeah. this is going to be fascinating to see what happens this summer, uh, not just in the transfer market for them, not just in the coaching search for them, but as as you're just talking about the national team, Euros is happening. Yeah, Euros. So, I mean, it does not just to throw this out. You know, whatever happens at Euros, maybe does that bring Jurgen Klopp into the German national team sphere? Because it's always kind of been thought, well, one day Klopp will coach the national team. I mean, could that be something that could help lead, um, you know, overall maybe lead Bayern back a little quicker? Is if Klopp took over and suddenly everybody's pulling in the right in the same direction? Mm-hmm. That could be something to keep an eye on because I, I think Nagelsmann is doing this German national team thing. I don't think Nagelsmann was thinking that in his 30s he was going to be the national team coach. Yeah. <laughs> this is not like his ultimate destination job by any means. It's kind of like, shit. <laughs> well, they needed somebody. I needed a job. It works out in the short term. I don't think this is a long-term Julian Nagelsmann thing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if Klopp doesn't take maybe that full time off, that, you know – that could be kind of a, a a midway point for Klopp. But then again, Klopp says he's going to take a year off. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't want to bring up too much going that way, but um, it's just things to think about. Yeah. Just things to think about for that are big for Bayern and are big for German football in general. Absolutely. So a lot of, a lot of ramifications coming this summer for the Germans. Um, Another another uh, change we mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, this one reported by Luke Bosher. Uh, Roy, 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 Roy Hodgson steps down as Crystal Palace manager. Um, oh my! I, I I do wonder if back if he to the factory for Roy. If he hadn't taken ill last week and had to go to the hospital, oh. would this article be Roy Hodgson sacked as Crystal Palace manager and not? Yes. I just—it's a little bit of just—just uh, just saying. Uh, yeah, not, just not the the way the way things were. Yeah. It, it's. Oh God, I don't want to say it's kind of convenient. Yeah. But you know, it's kind of like. All right, look, Grandpa Roy. Okay, yeah, we didn't want to take Roy out back and shoot him. <laughs> so this is kind of like the the nicest way that we can do this. Yeah, I mean, he's 76 years old. It's it, it's probably you hate to say it, but it's probably time for him to uh to to not be a day to day manager anymore. Um, 
and as we did mention, former Eintracht Frankfurt uh, coach Oliver Glasner will be coming in uh, to replace him, and we'll see how he can do. Um, Glasner, of course, uh, won Europa League a couple years ago with Frankfurt, um, or Europa Conference League, one of the two. Um, uh, I think it was I think it was Europa proper. Yeah, I think it was Europa proper. Um, so he's going to take over in charge for at least the rest of the season, and we'll see what the Eagles can do from there. Um, and then finally, I just thought this was kind of a funny, uh, funny thing, uh, given what we've talked about in the past. Uh, this story by Ben Axelrod over at awfulannouncing.com. Uh, MLS commissioner, quote, it's lazy to only cover Lionel Messi in comparison to Taylor Swift. Uh, which I think is hilarious uh, because we, we did an article I think either last week or two weeks ago about how like the Miami reporter literally isn't allowed uh-huh. to interview him. Right. <laughs> and so it's like, well, they can't actually cover Lionel Messi. It's just, it's just, he's the only like really important player on the team. And also not for In nothing, the league, huh? uh, when you, uh, when you make like this giant, uh, deal with Apple to stream all your matches and do a documentary on Messi. I, you're kind of already making him the focal point, even more than he already is being like, you know, one of the two potentially greatest soccer players to ever play the game. Um, just like, it's just so weird. Like, it's not lazy. And you know what? Maybe, maybe if journalists had a little more access to him, you know maybe maybe this wouldn't be a big of a deal but you know i guess the only way to get Lionel messi's attention is to have your entire government go nuts that he didn't play in an exhibition match looking at you china looking glancing over to you giving you a little side eye there so yeah fun uh, stuff well i mean the thing is when you when you basically build and market so mls is just such this like question inside of their own conundrum <laughs> you'll get this you'll get this whole deal from mls and this is totally off the top of my head so, you know, wherever i'm going here i'm just i'm just shooting from the hip love it mls wants to be taken okay here's here's here is my analogy okay MLS wants to be the serious art film actor. Okay. But all they star in is fucking rom-coms. <laughs> because it's like, oh, we want to be taken seriously for everything that's happened in our league. Oh, we signed up. We signed up. Slatan. We signed Slatan. Slatan. Everything's Slatan, which we were totally cool with, but whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, no, no, we want to be taken seriously. But look, we just signed it over the hill, Steven Gerrard. It's all about <laughs> Steven Gerrard. No, by God, this time we want to be taken seriously. We will not just be the place where aging footballers come. Inter Miami has Messi, Suarez, Jordi Alba, and Sergio Busquets. They have 2015 Barcelona. <laughs> Come and watch them. Come and watch them. Now, look, y'all don't just need to pay attention to Messi. Like, wait a damn minute. Everything is about Messi. All that y'all put out is just about Messi. I honestly cannot tell you who a young star in MLS is. No idea. 
can't tell you. Because all I've heard for the last 18 months around MLS is messy universe. Yep. It's messy. It's it's uh, Alba and Busquets and Suarez, which whatever. But, you know, that's all you hear about. And then it's like they're bitching because that's all anybody talks about. It's like, that's all you're putting in front of us. Yeah. I don't know who's good. I don't know who's good in MLS right now. I, as a casual, very casual MLS person, should know who's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all I can tell you that Inter-Miami's not. Well, that's the funny part, because Inter-Miami kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Because, oh. man, who knew that building a team was more than just bringing in Messi and his mid-30s buddies and tell them to, well, just go out and do your thing. No, because the thing is, here's the thing about MLS. They've got a pretty good league. Yeah, it's pretty good. There are good young players in this league who are going to go on and play in Europe and play in bigger leagues. And you're not highlighting them. All you're highlighting is, oh, Inter-Miami, Inter-Miami. And then, well, don't just talk about Inter-Miami. Give me something else to talk about. Because you're not giving us anything else to talk about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I honestly, honestly cannot tell you who else is in MLS right now. Clint Dempsey's retired. <laughs> Michael Bradley's retired. Yeah. I mean, most of the, the best team is in the best Europe. U.S. players are in Europe. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's not like those guys are over there. Who do you got? What are you offering me, MLS? And then don't like look down on me because it's like, well, we want to talk about really the one marketable star that you have, mm-hmm. which just so happens to be one of the biggest, not only soccer personalities, but just one of the biggest, you know, personalities in the world. You know, you brought him in, you build everything around him, and then you're mad because that's what people want to focus on. You know, it's so weird, though, now, now that you say that. Um, they, I was listening to the, uh, one of the men in blazers, uh, morning pods this week. And I don't remember which one, it's whatever one had him doing his like little apology to China, uh, right. on social media. And I listened to it. I'm like, I didn't know really Messi sounded like that. Every time I hear Messi talk because it's so infrequent, I always forget what he sounds like. So that's like the funniest thing about it. Is you're talking about how he's one of like the soccer, like the biggest personalities, he, but he's he's not. Like we don't really know shit about Messi. Like we can talk a lot of shit about Ronaldo, a lot of big yeah. deserved shit about Ronaldo, but that guy one hundred and fifty percent leans into the fame. Messi, he'll like do adverts. But it's like the most bl- like he's in almost every athletic article I read now. He's like just is standing there like holding a bottle. I think it's Michelob uh, is the uh-huh. yeah, it's uh, Michelob Ultra. Like, yeah, he's just kind of like half smiling off into the distance. Like this, this doesn't tell me anything about you. Like and I it was a ninety. Drink this. The, the dude was in a ninety second Super Bowl commercial and didn't say a word. Yeah, I don't think he said a word. If he did, it was like. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, you know, that's I actually think that's funny now that, you know, Garber is comparing him to Taylor Swift, because whatever your feelings about Taylor Swift, 
Like, you know what a lot of her views are. You know what she sounds yeah. like, not just from a singing standpoint, from a talking standpoint. Like, oh, yeah. you know things about her. She is she is a personality. Mm-hmm. Messi is not that. He's like, I, I was just going to say, he's a super boring dude who's just insanely gifted and insanely hardworking at his sport. Like, and all props to him for that. But like, there's not a whole lot there for whether he it's because he does doesn't put up he he has so many walls in front of him or because there's Mm -hmm. actually just nothing there some athletes are like that there's we've we've been around enough athletes Wes and I have where it's like like, there's there's not a lot going on up there I know I can can tell um so So there are a lot more there are a lot more Wes than Ed (laughs) (laughs) no you have a great personality oh Um, thank you (laughs) <laughs> this podcast wouldn't be nearly as good if you didn't have a good personality. <laughs> Woo. Um, but yeah, I, I, so that's, what's really weird about it is like, yeah, it's, it's great that, you know, they're, they're advertising him, but no one really knows that much about Messi. Nobody again, cause the reporters, they don't get to ask him <laughs> questions when he's playing for Miami. There's, there's none of that personality that, that, like really is able to shine through. So it's, that's a really weird you know, thing all around as most things with MLS are. You know, I will, I will give another kind of comparison between Taylor Swift and Lionel Messi here. Sure. Who, so let's be honest uh-huh. when it comes to world fame right now, uh-huh. are there, are there more famous known people in the world outside of like Joe Biden and Putin, maybe? And Trump, obviously Trump. Then Taylor Swift and Lionel Messi. Just none. I mean, probably Ronaldo. He's probably up there too, but other than that? No. Other than that. So here's the deal. I think that one thing those two have in common with their differences, which Taylor Swift is outgoing and bubbly and like you said she gives interviews and she tells you this and she tells you and we know everything about taylor swift because you know her life plays out enough in front of the camera Uh, yeah we don't see everything this isn't like a kardashian bullshit thank god but you know i think we've said we've said for a while taylor swift may have the best like image team in the world yeah. Messi's is like, see, so here's the thing. Messi doesn't talk. Yeah, Messi doesn't let down his guard. Messi doesn't do anything, but Messi is everywhere and people love Messi. Yeah. We love him without really knowing shit about him. Yeah. We don't know shit about this dude, but we love him. And not only because he's an insanely good footballer and because he's won so much, we love him because whatever his image marketing team over the years has taught us is we love this guy. He's the anti-Ronaldo. Ronaldo's this brash, arrogant, which he is. Mm-hmm. Ronaldo's yeah. brash and arrogant, and he flaunts everything. Messi is humble and meek and... You know, hey, we're going to do some commercials, but it's just it's because, you know, hey, behind it all, Leo's kind of a fun guy. And, you know, oh, no, 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 no. 
there is this crafted image of Messi that we all have. That it's like I'm I'm pretty sure I kind of get what Taylor Swift is like. There's been enough stories about you know you know everybody's going to say oh celebrity she's an asshole, but you know I've also heard enough stories where you know she goes to Chiefs games and everybody who works in the box gets like a hundred dollar tip from her or something. You know, mm-hmm. um, you just you hear enough good things where you're kind of like all right you know. I'm sure Taylor Swift isn't totally in touch with reality because she's worth like a billion dollars and who is. Yeah. But, you know, she also seems like, yeah, she seems like a nice girl. Yeah. She's more normal than most billionaires probably are. Exactly. Or she seems more normal. You know, she also she also took like a private jet to get from one side of Kansas City to the other. Apparently, but you know, (laughs) as normal as that can be. Where with Messi, it's like. Messi doesn't seem to do anything on a normalish scale. It's like right after he came to Miami, he went to the grocery store and that turned into like an internet sensation. Because mm-hmm. the dude went to the grocery store. I don't know. It's it's just like everything, everything Messi does is formulated for his image. Uh-huh. And his image is kind of to be like that almost meek, a little reclusive. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting. I'm not saying it's a bad thing or a good thing. I'm saying it's kind of interesting when you really look at Messi. Yeah, and I think that's you know a big reason why the China thing was such a big deal because like all of a sudden people are mad at Messi and it's like holy shit, yeah. that that never happens. So and the was, only time people are mad at Messi is when like Madrid fans are pissed because he just hat tricked you or something, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that was really weird. But I I agree. Like I was just thinking, it reminds me. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Messi is, if you remember the episode of Parks and Recreation where uh, uh, Ben is in Washington working on the campaign and mm-hmm. April is there with him. And one of the congressmen comes in to, uh, to record some like pre-recorded stump speeches or whatever. And mm-hmm. like he's doing it and he's he's in front of the camera. And he's all charismatic. And then like they mm-hmm. rap and he just goes and like sits in the office and he's just like staring off into space. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's messy. Yeah. I mean, it, it might be. I have no idea if Messi's like a cyborg outside or, you know, <laughs> does Messi like, is he boisterous and loves his kids? I mean, you know, I, I mean, know. Well, uh, I mean, we, we get enough fed to us. It's like, oh, yes, Messi is a family man. And, and that's cool, you know, Um. But I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, he's he's almost been built like the anti-Ronaldo, uh-huh. which, once again, not a bad thing. Nope. <laughs> Less Ronaldo doesn't hurt my feelings, but you know. Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 kind of like it's a it's a narrative that's been built by a team, and I don't know if we'll ever really know the real Messi. Definitely not like we knew the real Maradona. Oh yeah. I mean, we knew Maradona. <laughs> Maradona was wild, but Maradona was 100%. He was... Maradona might be the most real person who's ever played sports. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that about him, but... um, Yeah. Anyway. I don't think you can do that anymore, though. Yeah, I don't think you can. Like, there's, there's no way you could live the life that Maradona lived. Yeah. Like, I mean, and we'll, we'll get off this story in just a second, but it just like, 
on that note, like, uh, and I'm trying to think of his name, uh, Grealish. Like uh-huh. everybody's like, ooh, Grealish, yeah. he got a little drunk after City won the title. Ooh, he was he was getting a little drunk. It's like, dude, that's that's nothing compared to Maradona. Like, yeah, it's like Maradona would just go. Maradona would just go on like three day coke binges, <laughs> and like wouldn't show up for practice. No one would know where the hell he was. They just knew he was somewhere in Naples. It's like, it's like, is he in the city? Yeah, somebody saw him at a nightclub last night. Okay, well, good enough. He'll be here for the match. And then he'd show up on, like, Saturday. He'd get himself sober. And then he'd go, like, dazzle the world. And then it's like, all right, well, see y'all next week. It's like, are, are you going to train? Hell no, I'm not going to train. I'm I'm, Merid- I'm Maradona. I'm not here to train. I'm here to entertain. He's, he's like he's like uh, he's like uh, McBain as the president in the Simpsons movie. I'm not I'm here to need not to read. Oh man, you know oh, I love you it. mentioned him earlier. Zlatan might be like the most uniquely because, and I, I think there's yes. still like a little bit of of uh, of a character at work there, but like right. He, I think, is going to be one of the last guys that is like, no, this is him. This is this is actually just who Zlatan is. Like, this is yeah. It might be a little bit of an act, but it's only a little bit. Like, this is actually just who Zlatan is, and it's it's great. He's like an actual character. Zlatan is to me, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is like the epitome of what Steve Austin said Stone Cold was. He said, it's my person. He said, it, all Stone Cold Steve Austin is, is my personality turned up to 11. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, that, that is Vlatan Ibrahimovic. I never believe there was anything fake about Vlatan Ibrahimovic. Yes. He was him. He just, he always knew when a camera was on him. And he knew how to do a little something extra that was going to get his name in the headlines. Like, even if... God, there was one where it's like, um, it's like they they said about Beckham once somebody scored the winner in like an MLS match, and Beckham like knew where the camera was and knew to like go to his knees because he was so happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh man, this will be a really good picture. <laughs> you know, and no hater. I, I love David Beckham. I can't lie. I love David Beckham. But I mean, that's just kind of how it is, you know. It's like, oh well, yeah, yeah. He he knew where to be at the right time. Latin had a lot of that in him too. He knew where to be at the right time. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Oh, that was a fun tangent. That was always fun stuff there. Uh, thanks, Don Garber. Um, so with that, let's let's pimp the Athletic West. What you what you been reading in the Athletic this week? Hold up, real quick. Um. I haven't been on the athletic too much, but I went through today. I pulled a few uh, little stories. Um, uh, one of them I, I've referenced the ever-loving shit out of it, so I'm not going to go in any depth on it. Um, but well, apparently I forgot to uh, even save it. But it was basically the Liverpool uh, 26 matches in 99 days. Uh, it's called more more downtime, fewer doggies by Philip Buckingham. And basically, it gave an explanation of how Liverpool can try to pull this off. So I'm not going into it because 
<laughs> Listen to the first half of the pod if you want. Um, so a few interesting ones in here. Um, this one, a, another footballing one, Stuart James and Adam Leventhal. This came out Monday. His legs have gone unpicking the four words no footballer yes. wants to hear. That's a good one. Um, Casemiro is kind of the uh, main point of this story, but there's also a picture right there of Fabinho front and center. Uh, so, you know, I, I lived that last year. When a, a player's, uh, his legs have gone, that's a phrase that we hear thrown around a lot in the footballing world in the United States, especially we're kind of like, what the fuck does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um but but basically it, it kind of means what it means, you know, players who have um who are who for the longest time uh they lived and died in their career with their physicality, with their legs, with being able to run and cover space and um yeah, they it might not just be pure blinding speed. But it might be, you know, hey, I've got enough that I can get where I need to be and da-da-da, and, and I can use my brains and beat people. Well, at a certain point, you can be the smartest motherfucker on the pitch. You can know where everything's going to be, and if you just can't get to it, you can't get to it. That means your legs have gone. Yep. So it, it's a really interesting uh, little look in this. Um, kind, kind of popped in. Uh, Jamie Carragher said it about Casemiro earlier this season. Um and so that's kind of got it all going in there. Um, uh, da, 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 da. There's a 2024 spring training survey, which uh, I haven't actually read yet, but looks like an interesting one. The first time I've seen Otani wearing a Dodger uniform and it just like, I don't know, it kind of jarred me for a second when I saw it. It's like, yeah. uh. And then on top of it, it just as everybody is bitching at spring training, it just looks like a, it looks like a replica Dodgers jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the that whole the the whole um uh uh Jersey Gate oh, in yeah. spring training is its own thing that is just giving me so much uh so many giggles. And the last one I was reading, and this one kind of hits home because I I, I live and am uh, married to a Pittsburgh Pirate fan of all things. Oh, uh, Stephen Nesbitt and Kim Rosenthal. Why the Pirates keep losing? Quote: They're comfortable being mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. Folks, uh, the name Bob Nutting <laughs> is not a popular name in Pittsburgh. No. Because, you know, if he was nutting, something good would be happening. But apparently, he, apparently he's just firing blanks. <laughs> and that, in a nutshell... Oh, well done. ...is... Uh, is the story of the Pittsburgh Pirates and why they are just mired in mediocrity. That, and they think Ben Charrington was going to be the guy to save them. So. Oops. I can tell you that's not the case. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, these are my um, stories. Well, I had two stories on something you just mentioned, uh, Jersey Uh-oh. Gate. Uh, one from Sam Blum, uh, MLBPA executive director Tony Clark says union frustrated over new uniforms seeks change before the season. And I also had uh, Tyler Kepner's uh, with new uniforms, MLB makes another fashion flop. Uh, and man, you know, <laughs> after all the good vibes baseball had after last year with all the rule changes, 
and all the goodwill and and to just to just <laughs> fuck this up right at the start so hard like literally the first stories out of uh Pitchers and catchers reporting was, oh, these jerseys fucking suck. Oh, they're terrible. And you know what? As someone who has uh, purchased Fanatics gear, uh, I can say, yeah, no shit. Fanatics yeah, gear is it, very good. So it is what it is. No, the um, I, I did read the you know the, the Blum article. There's quotes from uh, Tony Clark. Um, and he's like, we'll, we'll see what we can get done before the season. And I'm like, dude, I, I don't, I don't know if you can get something that that's, uh, that's, uh, that's trying to turn around the, the cruise liner. It's, it's really slow to turn around in some production like that. Um, but what I feel bad like that. And then, I mean, those are, those are the game jerseys. Now you buy for you know, four, 500 bucks online as a fan. And again, they suck. They are terrible. So I don't know. This, this is, this this is really bad. Um, I did, uh, where was it? Oh, I did like this paragraph. Um, while many Nike sponsored players such as Mike Trout, Kenley Jansen, Corbin Carroll, and Jason Hayward have come to the defense of the uniforms, it's clear they are nearly universally unpopular. Um, because apparently Nike is like still like designing these, but then they're like shipping them off to fanatics to actually make them. It's it's really weird. I'm not like the biggest Nike fan, but I don't know why you don't just let Nike fucking make the things like they make, they make all the soccer jerseys again, not my favorite soccer jerseys in the world, but they're, they're, they're better than this shit. Like, and yeah. And just see like, cause I know like hockey, the NHL is, is partnering with fanatics. Like at, at some point, someone has to just look at like the reviews of the fanatics gear and say, huh? Maybe we shouldn't do a deal with this site. Maybe, maybe this is the, a very bad thing to do. I, I don't know. I, I think that is an absolute mess. Um, and speaking of an absolute mess, uh, my last story from Evan Drellich. Uh, why did Ma- Rob Manfred announce this as his final term as MLB commissioner so early? Um, so Manfred will be done in five years. Wish it was two. Um, yeah, that'd be nice. But. Uh, yeah, he will be leaving, and so <laughs> Drellich does kind of ask, like, why why so early? He does mention, I think this was a good point, uh, Bud Selig once was like, yeah, I'll be done in, like, four years, and then kept up for, like, another 12. So, yeah. there's no guarantee Manfred is leaving in five years. Um, I forget how old he is. Uh, I remember, I think it said somewhere in the article. I think he's he would either be in his 70s, um, okay, he'll be seventy come January twenty twenty nine. I think I think that that could be a reasonable thing to like want to get out, but I don't know. Um, they did, and then like there was like an article that mentioned like who are the nine people that could replace him. I'm like, just fucking give the job to Theo. Just give it to Theo tomorrow. Seriously, I, I know he's like now back to like being like an owner with Fenway Sports Group. I don't care. Hey, you know, is anybody really gonna complain? Like the Red Sox are obviously not in a good spot. What are, what are they gonna do? So just 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 yeah. give the job to Theo. He he'll fix it. It'll, everything will be fine then. So 
I trust Fiat. I trust Fiat a hell of a lot more. Than I trust pretty much anybody else in the sport right now. I saw I saw also in that list there was like Bob Iger. I'm like, I don't want fucking Bob Iger in baseball. No. Yeah, fuck Bob. Yeah, fuck Bob Iger. All right. Uh that <laughs> will do it for us, Pim the Athletic. Uh Wes, let's cap things off a little watch for. What you been watching in the week that was or the week that will be? Oh man, I'm boring this week. Um okay. I I just I have not had a ton of time. Um Oh, shit, I did think that uh, I watched a couple of kind of oldies but goodies mm-hmm. over the weekend. Um, the first time I had seen either of them, so I guess good enough for me. Um, you know, and Nicholas Cage. <laughs> He's got range. Just, just start with that. The man has range. And the man used to put out some damn heaters. I mean, let's be real. That dude has put out some hellified good movies over the years. Uh, it's just, you know. He's gotten a little too Nicholas Cage mm-hmm. of recent, but um, I had uh, I had the sports show uh, child this weekend. Uh, the sports show Princess was over, and we needed something to watch, and we watched the two um, National Treasure movies. Oh, okay. And man, I'm not gonna lie to you; those were pretty damn fun. One's a really good movie. I, I genuinely yeah, think it's one, a good movie. Yeah, one was a good movie, and two was two was still very entertaining. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's all I'm. I don't think it's good, but it's entertaining. No, it's not as good as the first one, but um, hey, it still gave us some gave us some good stuff. Um, I mean, it was a little more far fetched. I mean, obviously they're all far fetched, but you know, even as compared to one, two is a little far fetched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but overall, man, good, solid movies. Um, uh, the, the first person I recognized was like, oh, it's Doug from The Hangover. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, we actually get to see him for like more than five minutes in the movie. Isn't that interesting? Uh, Justin, whatever the hell his name is. It doesn't matter. He's Doug. It's Doug. I'll be a Doug. Um, but yeah, that was, that was really the biggest, like... New thing that I watched. Other than that, you know, a little King of the Hill here and there, a little Malcolm in the Middle here and there, and uh, it just, you know, we it's it's been Project Central around here as as usual. I don't think my wife can hear me from back here, so <laughs> my God, that woman works my ass to death. <laughs> and now we have a rabbit because you know we needed a rabbit apparently. So gotta gotta have rabbits. Yes. Once again, once again a, a gift from the uh, the sports show princess. Of course. Of course. Yes. Um. So I, uh, uh, one name producer Jackie, uh, has been trying to uh, get a new work desk um, for mm-hmm. her computer area. And we've been looking at some things, and there's like this really cool thing that a lot of people have done, uh, where basically you go to IKEA or you order online. Uh, and you get like two of their like, like what they call the Alex drawers, which are just like like almost like filing cabinet kind of things, and then you just get like one of their uh, kitchen countertop blocks, and then you just get like oh, these risers, and you just put the countertop on and balance it on the two boards, and it's like a really nice, really big desk for like 
not that expensive considering like the size you can get so even like uh -huh. watching, like a bunch of people on youtube um do it and show you like how you can take advantage of that and stuff and like so that's made like the youtube algorithm say oh do you want to just see a bunch of uh people's desk setups and i'm like yeah sure i guess i i can always get some good ideas that'll be fine so i'll look at ever and every fucking one of these people every fucking one of these people has this same uh iphone charger and it's from this company called grove made and i'm just going to say it is it is a piece of wood this is a nice piece of wood but it's just like a little piece of wood that just holds your iphone upright it's got a little metal base that shit is 165 dollars now you might be thinking oh, oh. that's a lot of money and you'd be right mm -hmm. you'd be right what? my charger that's sitting over here which does the exact same thing is not made of wood but just like nice plastic it does but charges it all the same it's like 30 bucks so not too bad here's the best part of this that 165 dollars doesn't buy you an actual charger oh that's right it's an iphone charger Without a charger, you have to provide your own charger. And those things are like another 40 bucks. So, and those don't come with an iPhone. You, you do have to buy one. So this is over an over $200 way to just like have your iPhone propped up. And I'm like, and like it's in every fucking video and i'm like what are you people doing you could spend a tenth of that and get just as good of a stand it, the, you do not have to splurge on this guys you don't have to do it so like there's there's some cool things i learned about like how like you can <laughs> desk and organize and shit but like this like i i've literally watched like 10 or 15 straight videos and every single one of them had this exact same thing and i'm like what is wrong with you people? Did they like have a sale? Did they were they just giving them away at some point? Like what the hell is going on here? So now honestly, if you get an influ an influencer, which I think is just the most hideous word that has been introduced to our lexicon, um, they actually probably did fucking give them to them. So it it depends. There are some that say like this uh this video is sponsored by GroveMade. Thanks to GroveMade, we're checking out their computer uh monitor stand and it's just a great way to to lift your monitors up and get you some extra organizational space. I'm like, okay, fine, that's why. But like no, there's a bunch of people who just straight up fucking bought it. At least that's ridiculous. I'm like, god, like don't get me wrong, uh -huh. it, it looks very well crafted and it looks like a very nice piece of wood. I'm sure it's I'm sure with the materials it is it's not crazy that it's 165 bucks. I'm just saying you don't have to spend $165 on a fucking phone charger. Yeah, are you, are you saying are you saying it's good wood? <laughs> it's 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 balsa probably. Uh, you know you know, I um when, when I went to work at my current job now, I'm at a desk every day. So, you know, I needed something to keep my phone charged, but I also wanted to prop it up. So mm -hmm. I went to this uh I went to this really undercover, very little known website called Amazon. Oh, that's crazy. I've never heard of them. Yeah, and I got two 
stand up phone chargers for like 17 bucks. Mm-hmm. I've got one on my desk. I've got one beside my bed and it, but I'm not going to lie. I go to bed at night and I wake up and my phone is charged. That's wild. That and, wild. and when I go to work at the end of the day, my phone's not dead because <laughs> I keep it on my charger when I, I'm not using it, and uh, man, I paid like 17 bucks and got two of them. That's the crazy thing. Like, there's one I bought for uh, one name producer Jackie, and I thought I was splurging. It was like 35 bucks. I'm like, well, it is nice, mm-hmm. and kid, and it doesn't just charge the phone. It can also charge like her headphones. It can charge a second thing. So it's like a two and one. That's cool. That's, that's not bad. That's for cool. Six bucks. I, I, I'll sp- I'll splurge a little bit on that. So I'm like, oh, I, yeah, that's what I thought. I thought like I was spending big money on a charger at like 36 bucks. And she loves for the record. She does love it. She really enjoys it. But I'm just like, who is spending? And again, you don't even get a charger with it. If you just buy that thing, you can't charge your phone. You, it, it won't work. There's no circuitry in there. It's. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm impressed. <sighs> boy, I, boy, I'm impressed. I'm so impressed. Ah, These people have influenced me. I'm so excited. Uh, I just want to show off my camera lenses and my 18 keyboards that I've collected. I'm like, why do you have, why do you have so many keyboards? You don't, you don't need them. You just you just need one type. That's all you need. You don't you don't need more. You just get rid of the other ones. Fine. Anyway, all right. I'm done. I'm done. We're done. We're done with this podcast. I'm done. It's episode four ninety five. It's in the books. We're done. Uh, thanks, of course, to our podcast providers, including Spotify for podcasters, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can find us on social media as a collective on Twitter. We are at AFA pod. Wes, you are. I'm at West Bradshaw 21. And I am at Edward Green. Uh, so we will be back next week uh, with more uh, from the world of European soccer. Um, we'll have, of course, the League Cup final will be done. We'll be able to review that. Uh, there'll be more Premier League matches. We can go over those. Um, and then we'll be getting geared up for the uh, second week are the second legs of the champions league as well as uh we will be into the round of 16 of the europa league and the europa conference league all the premier league the big one (laughs) it's the one that matters all the premier league teams who are in those competitions including liverpool will find out who they will be matched up with uh by then so we can start to go over those matchups as well and of course i'm sure you know maybe by then byron will have already hired somebody who knows We'll see. Um, <laughs> so probably not. So we'll catch you then. But before we get out of here, Wes, any final thoughts? <clears throat> Ed, this past weekend, Mark, the goal. It's return of collegiate baseball. Yeah. Oh, and as an East Carolina slash Appalachian State fan, a nice five and one opening weekend really wet the whistle. Uh, East Carolina even making some national headlines mm-hmm. with uh, Parker Bird uh, getting in at bat on Friday night. Uh, he became the first 
uh, player who's ever uh, had in, had his, his, I believe it was his leg or it was just an amputation in general. I think it's just amputation in general. Yeah, to uh, to play in a Division One college baseball game, Parker. Of course, if you're if you're around these parts, you know the story very well. Um, Parker Bird was a big time uh, big time signing for East Carolina, coming out of Scotland County. Uh, the uh, the summer before his freshman year of college uh, was involved in a, a boating accident that ended up claiming his um, his leg, his right leg. Um, Young man, uh, A, lucky to be alive, had to have 22 surgeries in 45 days and ended up losing his leg. And you just kind of figure at that point, it's like, damn, man, well, you know, he made it. That's good. And, you know, uh, we found out, you know, East Carolina was going to, uh, you know, they're going to honor his scholarship and, you know, as long as he stayed in school. And, you know, it, it was it was a really cool story to start with. It's like, man, good for Parker. Well, then, you know, Cliff Goblin got talking to him. And Cliff Goblin, of course, you and I both adore Cliff mm-hmm. Goblin. Um, head coach at East Carolina got talking to him. And he was like, look, you know, what do you want to do? You know, we we want you to be part of this baseball program. <laughs> what do you want to do? And Parker said, Shh, I want to play, coach. Cliff's kind of like, okay. Uh, <laughs> how do you plan to do that? And he was like, he was like, watch me. He said, bet. <laughs> And what did Parker Bird do? That kid, that young man, absolutely busted his ass for the last two years. And on Friday night, it all came to fruition as he got an at-bat for East Carolina. Ended up getting another at-bat on the weekend as well. Um, And drew a walk and uh, ended up all over the sports media. And honestly, couldn't happen to a better kid. Couldn't have a better kid. I mean, that is pure perseverance. Um, you know, Cliff will tell you it's not just because, you know, it, it, this ain't no charity case. Mm-hmm. That kid's worked his ass off. And that kid can play. That kid can play. Um, there, There's video of him in, um, practice, in spring practice and fall practice hitting. And, I mean, he... He goes out there and he he hits the baseball and he runs the bases. He does everything you're supposed to do as a baseball player. And as a as a as a kid with a prosthetic, trust me, he does it on the whole hell of a lot better than a lot of kids who have all of their extremities. Oh yeah. Um, so that was that was a really really cool thing to see. Um, we had been hearing, you know, hey, we're going to try to get him in a bat or two this season. And man, opening series of the year, he already gets a couple of bats. I think he's going to get some bats this year, and I think the kid's going to do something before this year's out. He's going to do something. So, um, you know, congratulations to Parker. Uh, good start to his college career. And uh, Pirates uh, are three and one. Lost their midweek to Campbell, which that's just like death taxes and ECU losing one run games to Campbell in the midweek. That's kind of how life is now, I guess. But a uh, big one this weekend, Ed, uh, UNC and East Carolina. And I don't know if you saw how they're playing this series this week. I think they started doing this last year. They're oh, playing yeah. Friday night Friday night in Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. Saturday afternoon, we're playing in Fayetteville at the, uh, the minor league stadium in Fayetteville. And then on Sunday, they're playing the uh, series finale at Clark LeClaire in Greenville. So, um, you know, that that works well 
with with that rivalry. That works well. You know, everybody gets everybody gets a gate. Um, you know, it's not just all oh, one. You know, one year you get you in Greenville, one year in Chapel Hill. I, I, I like how they do that. I, if they keep doing that year in year out, I really like that. So, and it's it's a good RPI game for both of them. So, yeah, good good RPI series for both of them. So, um, yeah. So, uh, go Pirates! Mountaineers are three and one after winning their midweek against High Point. So, um. Off to off to good starts. Off to good starts. Baseball's back. Everybody's happy. Hell yeah. Everybody's happy except Florida fans, but whatever. But no. Yeah, that's fine. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, they'll be fine. So. <laughs> Fuck of course they will. Uh, Vanderbilt also got one. Got got this weekend. Yeah, they got. Uh, um, I think like about half the top twenty-five got got this weekend. So. <laughs> Hey, but that's awesome, man. Shit. You know, it's like it's like ECU fans melting down over, oh, we lost to Campbell. Jesus Christ. It's like, yeah, guys, there's only 53 games left. But please, <laughs> let's have a meltdown on Tuesday of opening week. Let's have a meltdown because we lost a one-run game on the road to a good team. <sighs> Jesus Christ. ECU, base- ECU baseball fans drive me bonkers sometimes. <laughs> It's like you motherfuckers think that we're damn Stanford or Texas or some shit. It's like, no, we have never gotten to Omaha. Please, God, try to enjoy the ride and don't lose your mind because we lose a midweek game. Best piece of advice I've ever heard. Enjoy the ride. Oh, man. There we go. Oh, man. On that note, from a Colin Crime West Bradshaw, I'm Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here this week. We will catch you all again next time. Until then, stay safe. And enjoy the football. And good night, Thomas Tuchel. Remember, you can't lose your game. <laughs> oh, Thomas, the walls are closing in. The walls are closing in. <laughs> oh, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs>